Welcome to Sports History 101, a production of the Saints Sports Network. Hello and welcome into another edition of Sports History 101 with your host, Ray Delgado. For this episode, we will be doing something a little different, breaking down a system rather than an athlete or a team. And that system is promotion and relegation. Maybe that rings a bell, maybe it doesn't. But either way, we're going to tell you all about it. In the early days of all sports, teams were formed locally from groups of friends or coworkers, and they would play pickup games with other teams that formed the same way. You know, like the local steel mill would play the local tannery in a game of soccer or whatever it is. That was true all over the world. And as such, there was no real organization for groups of teams. They would play whenever they could get together, and some of them, you know, would charge, would be good enough to charge a gate fee, which is tickets, to earn some money. But more often than not, they were just kind of playing. Different tournaments and things would be organized to showcase who was the best team in the area. Uh, But past that, there were no set schedules, no set opponents, or really any rhyme or reason to how teams went about competing. The first American sport to form a league was baseball, which started with the National Association of Professional Baseball Players. Very, very succinct. The NAPBBP practiced strict amateurism, but established a set schedule for each of its member clubs. So that was a huge um, leap in terms of, I guess, organized sports, because while they practice amateurism, so you couldn't pay your players or anything like that. They had a set schedule, which was big because that means you had a guaranteed number of games you were going to play. Now that league had issues and would not last very long, as even though the league was very, very stringent on amateurism, teams paid their players under the table. And as you'd expect, you know, other teams cut corners and whatever, which led the way for the National League. So the National League was the first professional league with a set schedule. And obviously professional means that they paid their players and was established in 1918, excuse me, 1876, making it the oldest professional league in the world. Now, the National League is the National League of Major League Baseball now. And later on in, I believe it was the 1920s, the National League was opposed by the American League, and they posed a, a stiff enough challenge that the two leagues decided to join to make Major League Baseball. But the National League itself, still playing to this day, has the best teams in baseball, in my opinion, without a DH, which is another thing that is, does not belong in baseball, but that's for another day, is still around. And like I said, makes it the oldest professional league in the world. So that was really the benchmark for anything that that followed past that. And it was a big deal for the future of sports. It introduced not only the league schedule, but also the franchise model in sports that made the National League a closed league with franchises in set cities and territories. So as we know now, with all of our major United States sports, you buy into this league, they expand to accept you, and no matter how bad or good you do, you're in the league. It's That's just what it is. 
across the world and specifically across the pond, um, soccer or football, as the entire world refers to it, and we will too for this podcast, was being played just as any other sport in those days with very little organization. In England specifically, the most prominent clubs played mostly in cup competitions or tournaments and supplemented those matches with randomly scheduled friendlies. Friendlies is a football or soccer term, which basically are exhibition games that don't count toward anything, but you know, you get your reps in and, and things like that. In 1885, the Football Association, the governing body for football in England, approved professionalism. But teams still needed a way to consistently pull in revenue because it's great if you know you can pay your players, but if you don't have a true stream of revenue, then you're going to go under pretty quickly because these players have a salary, and if you can't make that salary, you are no longer a team. In hearing about the National League for baseball, the United States, William McGregor, who was the secretary at Aston Villa, which is a soccer club in England, had the idea to bring the league model to England. McGregor sent a letter to four other clubs, Blackburn, Bolton, Preston, and West Bromwich, suggesting that 10 to 12 of the biggest clubs in England all get together and schedule home and away fixtures, which are matches or games, fixtures, against one another for each season. Shortly after, the Football Association was born and began play with 12 teams in 1888. The league played four seasons with those 12 teams before things were shaken up a little bit. The Football Association absorbed a rival league, the Football Alliance, and with that, they expanded to two divisions because they didn't want to just ex- just basically absorb the rival league and just have this big, massive scrum in their, their top league. So they expanded to two divisions. The first division accepted four more teams other than the original 12, bringing the total to 16. And then the new second division consisted of 12 teams. With the addition of a second division, a new structure was created. It's pretty easy to say that everyone always wants to play in the top league with the top teams. In traditional leagues, you're either in or you're out of the top league with a chance that your team might be brought in for expansion. But that's not very, doesn't happen very often and very few teams get brought in to expand, you know, the the top league and the country or the sport or whatever it may be. So you're just kind of left out in the cold. But that was not so for the Football Association, as in 1892, they introduced the promotion and relegation format. So promotion and relegation is a system that rewards lower teams for their success, allowing them to move up to the top division, and then also penalizes the higher teams for poor play by demoting them to the lower division. In the first year of the system, two teams were promoted from Division 2 to Division 1, and consequently, two teams were relegated or demoted from Division 1 to Division 2. That number has changed to three teams for 
the promotion and relegation from the the top league to the second second division, but the system still remains the exact same. Pretty revolutionary in terms of just, I mean, being able to include everybody. I mean, that's what it's about. That really drives more competition and things like that. But we'll get to that a little later. Over the years, the Football Association has expanded to include four divisions and was renamed the English Football League. In the mid-90s, the top division actually broke away to become what we now know as the, the Premier League. So they're no longer a part of the, the Football Association. They're their own thing. So that means that the Football Association, or the English Football League as it is now, were there's only three divisions, and they're called the EFL, so English Football League, EFL Championship, EFL League One, and EFL League Two all of which are still interconnected with the promotion and relegation system. However, those are not the only leagues in England that are interconnected. The four divisions we just talked about are the top divisions of the English Football League system. A system which includes over 140 individual leagues with over 480 divisions. So I didn't, I didn't, there's no, I guess, exact number on the clubs, how many clubs that is, because they change basically every year at the lower level, lower levels, because teams go out of business, teams start up, different things like that. But 140 leagues and over four, 480 divisions within those leagues. So that's a pyramid like you've never seen before. Creates just a gigantic pyramid system that any team could, in theory, move all the way from the bottom to the Premier League. But that's obviously not very likely because that takes quite a few resources and tiny local clubs don't have those resources. But on that note, we will take a break before getting further in. We'll be right back. Promotion and relegation allows for new faces to enter leagues every year and gives club more incentive to perform. I think it's a great system because there are true repercussions for having a terrible season as you could be relegated to a lower division and then have to play that entire next season in that league. And not only do that, you have to finish as one of the top two or three to get promoted back to where you started the year prior. I think that's that's a lot of motivation to play hard every game, no matter what. There are also great rewards for having success because you can get prom- promoted to higher divisions, which can offer more money for potential media rights deals and things like that. They don't really have those in the lower divisions, but you know, as you get higher, you there's more money involved in it and you gain a lot more exposure. You gain a larger fan base. You gain so many things from being able to move up from the lower levels of leagues that otherwise, you know, no one sees, no one cares about. The system adds a whole other layer to the equation for teams because even when they are out of the running for winning the league, they still have to win matches to get enough points to make sure they're not relegated. So points, it works. If you win a match, you get three points. If you draw, which is a tie, you get one point. If you lose, you get nothing. So the 
league standings aren't necessarily determined by win, lose, draw. It's determined by how many points you have. So at the end of the year, who has the two or three teams that have the, the least amount of points get relegated? So you're always fighting for points no matter what. Again, even if you're you're 19 out of 20 in the league, you're trying to fight to get your way out of that relegation zone, even though there's not a chance that you could ever win anything. You're just trying to stay stay in the league that you made it to. It's a hard work to get to the top divisions and things like that. You don't ever want to go back down. Even though the league offers a chance for any team to make it to the Premier League and you know win, that hardly ever happens as the big four teams have dominated the top of the standings for a very long time. So those big four are Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Manchester United. That isn't to say that other teams have not won, but not really at all recently. The only teams since since 1996, excuse me, let's start that over again. The only teams since 1996 to win the Premier League, not named Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea, or Manchester City. Those aren't one of the big four, but they have become one of the most dominant clubs as of late. So only those four teams since 1996, aside from them to win the Premier League, have been Liverpool and Leicester City. And Leicester City came completely out of nowhere. And each of those have only done it once, I believe. Leicester City for sure once. I believe Liverpool's only done it once, maybe twice. Only 24 teams have won the Premier League or the top division, you know, before it was the Premier League, in the 130 plus years of organized English football. It's only 24 teams. That's, you know, there's probably over 100 teams, easily over 100 teams that have played in the Premier League or the top, the top division and only 24 of them have ever won. From the start, that's really been a story of the available resources, as all teams don't have the same ability to spend. I mean, you look at it now, and those huge teams, those Manchester United, Manchester City, Arsenal, Chelsea, those teams have millions and millions and millions of dollars or pounds, euros was a few years ago, but either way, they have so much money that they can spend hand over fist to get the greatest players in the entire world, because that is the top flight of soccer, is the Premier League is the best soccer league in the entire world. Not all teams can do that, even teams in the Premier League itself. You have, you know, the bottom five to 10 teams that they don't have those kind of resources. They can still spend multiple millions of pounds on players and facilities and operations and things, but they don't just have never ending pockets. And alongside that, there is no cap on spending in the premier league. So those teams with the overwhelming resources have almost always come out on top because they can spend as much as they want. The only thing stopping them is themselves. And if you have endless resources, why would you not buy the best players and do the best possible thing so you can win? It only makes sense. Outside of English football, 
promotion and relegation, because that's really what this is about. This isn't about the uh, the Premier League and how unfair it is at times. It's about promotion and relegation. So that has shown up in other places. In Argentina, they have two main divisions for football. The Argentine First Division and Second Division. That They have other names in their native language, but I, I can't pronounce them. Their promotion and relegation system operates a little bit differently as well as your points, again, three points for a win, one for a draw, none for a loss. Your points are totaled from the last three seasons and then divided by the number of matches that you've played to get an average. In the top division, the three teams with the lowest average, so they take everybody's average last three years and if you're one of the three teams with the lowest average at the end of the season you are relegated and vice versa you're promoted from the second very interesting system something i haven't really heard about and i don't you know i guess a lot of arguments could be made as to whether that would be a better system because one horrible season doesn't drop you out of the top division um it takes you know maybe two of those a horrible season and a mediocre season that you know drops you out but whereas with just the single season promotion relegation system you could have an absolutely horrendous season be dropped from the top division and then just blow away the second division because you know you just had a fluke year but anyway that's how argentina does it Switching gears quite a bit, a promotion and relegation system also exists and has been used widely across esports. So, video games um, use it in multiple leagues. Leagues for StarCraft, League of Legends, Counter Strike, and other games use a promotion and relegation to get players and teams into different levels of competition. So, similar to that of the way that the football teams in England and Argentina have used it. Esports uses it as well as a way to put teams into different buckets based on their, you know, their skill levels and give them the opportunities at the highest level, which they deserve. Makes a little bit more sense. I really don't know how else you could do it in video games, but still, regardless, they use a, a, a type of promotion relegation. Outside of that, though, no other organizations use promotion and relegation. And it's very interesting to kind of think about why that is. And that is something we'll try and parse out after a break. The promotion and relegation system would be really great to see in the United States, as there are a number of leagues where the infrastructure really is already there. In Major League Baseball, there are 30 Major League clubs, and then there are corresponding teams in each of the lower AAA, AA, and minor A, or single A, excuse me, minor leagues. Those are what's called a farm system, and they're just Basically, triple A, double A, single A. It's as you move up, you get 
more talented players, more stiff competition. That structure right there is the most extensive in the country and could, in theory, carry out a promotion and relegation system. However, there is zero chance that it could happen because on its face, it makes sense. You have different levels. It's like, okay, well, teams could just move up between those levels. But all of the players on those minor league teams belong to Major League Baseball clubs. All of those teams are drafted. So each Major League team has their own farm teams with players that they are developing. So all of the players are accounted for from the lowest levels all the way up to the highest levels. Each of those players' rights is owned by a team. The bigger issue is the franchise model that is present in all major sports leagues across the U.S., it costs billions of dollars to buy a major league baseball team. And because of that, there is not a chance that an investor would buy into a team with a set market and agreed upon territory. The whole country is divided up in terms of territories to where teams, major league baseball teams have rights to advertise and things and broadcast their games An agreed upon territory that could all of a sudden be sent down. That team could be sent down to a lower league where there would be significantly less share of media rights, postseason revenue, etc. It would just, that would just never happen. Similarly, the NBA has 30 teams. And below that, the G League used to be the D League for developmental league, but then Gatorade sponsored it. So now the G League has 30 teams, which could make two divisions, the NBA being the top league, the G League being the second league. There could also be another league similar to the Continental League that folded in the early 2000s. We actually have a, an episode all about the Continental League. If you want to, when you're finished here, go listen to that. It's very interesting. The Continental League was the oldest running league besides the NBA for up until it folded in, I believe it was 2006. And very interesting, very, very much a part of history of basketball in the U.S. Anyway. Another league like that, like that Continental League, could make a three-tier system. It wouldn't really be that difficult to, to make that happen. There are plenty of basketball players that could, that could fill out those rosters. The G League is currently the developmental league for the NBA, and a number of the players are undrafted and are trying to actually make their way to the NBA. So a promotion and relegation system could actually work because most of the players' rights are not owned by an NBA team, which, would, which wouldn't really cause an issue. Most of those players that are playing on those G League teams actually are free to sign with any NBA team that they want. They're literally playing in that league to get NBA exposure. Where the problem would be, again, is the franchise model. People pay billions of dollars to be a part of the NBA, even for the lowest level teams. So if that system was introduced or just proposed, I don't see that ever, ever taking place because billionaire owners are never going to give voluntarily have the potential to give up their multi-million dollar revenue that comes with being an NBA team. They don't want to be a G League team. If they wanted to be to own a G League team, they would have bought a G League team. So 
yeah, that's another strike against it in the US. I still think it's a good system. There's an even more extensive system than the NBA with hockey. So the top level is the NHL, the National Hockey League. Just below that is the American Hockey League. One step lower is the ECHL, which I have come to guess that it is the East Coast Hockey League because that's what it was when it was founded. And then in the early 2000s, they just changed it to the ECHL. So it's that's not an acronym for anything now. It's literally just ECHL. So that doesn't make much sense to me, but that's what it is. And then below the ECHL are other lower minor leagues. So you have the Federal Prospects Hockey League, the North American Hockey League, which is based in Quebec, Canada. And the name is actually in French, but I can't pronounce it. So I believe it is North American Hockey League. And then the other league is the Southern Professional Hockey League. So this is, again, a farm system similar to Major League Baseball, where NHL teams send their drafted players to play on these minor league teams. NHL teams don't necessarily bring the same valuations that baseball or basketball teams do at the highest level, but a team is still worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So the likelihood of teams being willing to potentially drop down to a lower league, just like we talked about with basketball is next to none that's that's not going to happen either it's really frustrating to see these systems that could potentially support this but it's been so long now and these owners are would never ever vote to approve that you'd have to do it really from the start unless you're the last of the big sports other than football but football like american football does not count in this because they just have the nfl and that's it but the last of the big sports and the most appropriate is Major League Soccer. So the MLS has 26 teams right now with expansion to 30 in the works. Within the next three or four years, they'll have 30 teams because they have already introduced those teams. They're just waiting to play, to play. Below that, the format looks familiar. The United Soccer League Championship is the next step down. And then below that are the USL League One and USL League Two. You might remember the English football system is structured the same with the Premier League at the top, followed by the EFL Championship, League One and League Two. So you wonder where the USL got it from. It's not that far of a leap. (laughs) Given the development of the United States football system, It's easy to see promotion and relegation becoming actually a legitimate possibility in the future. As we mentioned before, the MLS is expanding to 30 teams in the coming few years, which is 10 more than the Premier League. Premier League only has 20. Granted, there is more geography to cover with a National League in the U.S., but I would be curious to see how the U.S. would implement promotion and relegation specifically regarding the number of teams that would be swapped between the top league and the USL championship because you have 30 more teams. So I guess the premier league does three, I guess, you know, you maybe do four, but I'm not sure. The USL championship. So the second division of United States soccer is a huge league with 18 teams 
in each the Eastern and Western conferences, which equates to 36 teams total. The league could keep that many teams, but in my line of thinking, it would make sense to cap the membership off at 30 teams, similar to the MLS. That wouldn't really be that hard to accomplish. You're not just striking teams, you know, independent teams, because there are actually four teams in that USL championship currently competing that are second teams to MLS clubs. So the Portland Timbers are an MLS team, and they have the Portland Timbers 2 competing in the USL championship. Similarly, the LA Galaxy are in the MLS, the LA Galaxy 2 are in the USL championship. So you just do away with those teams because it wouldn't make any sense for if the Portland Timbers, Portland Timbers 2, wouldn't make any sense for the possibility of the Portland Timbers 2 being in the MLS and the Portland Timbers being in the USL. You wouldn't want to be competing against your own team, basically. So you just do away with those. The competition is already good as well, as top USL championship teams compete well in the cup champion competitions, like the CONCACAF, I think is how you say that, um, cup and things like that. Um, Cincinnati FC was brought up from the USL to the MLS as an expansion franchise a couple years ago, and they've had their held their own since entering. So it really is a good second league. You know, there's, it's kind of tough in theory, thinking about it for the, the second leagues of other sports like basketball, the G league, that would be really, really hard for a G league team to compete with an NBA team. But in this instance, the competition is very good in the USL championship. One more step down. USL League One looks like it, it would might, might need some rearranging because there are only 11 clubs currently competing. So if we we're going to do the promotion relegation system with this soccer system, you can't have 30 in one, 30 in another teams, that is, and then have 11 in the next one. That doesn't make any sense. So running with the idea that the championship would need to lose a few clubs, you could take the remaining two clubs because, remember, the championship has 36 teams. Four of those are second teams to MLS teams. So you could take those two remaining ones that would get that league down to 30 and drop those down to league one. And then that'd bring it to 13. And then you could very easily take 17 or even more if you wanted to make league one bigger. Take 17 or more clubs from league two. Sorry if I'm getting a little too far in the weeds here with the, uh, references to the leagues so again just to reiterate you've got mls at the top usl championship which i'm just calling the championship and then usl league one and league two so just as a as a quick refresher in case people are getting lost so league one trying to get that up from 11 clubs currently to 30 by taking a couple from the championship and a couple from league two and then transitioning down one more step to the last one with League Two. There are currently 82 clubs that compete, which baffled me because League One has 11 teams and League Two has 82. 
And those 82 teams compete in multiple conferences. They have like a North, South, East, and West conference, not division, conference. And then within those conferences, they have divisions. They have like four divisions in each one. And that brings it down to a much more local and regional base. That's a substantial number of teams that could very easily be broken down and reallocated up to League One. And even if you wanted to, further down into, you know, I don't think they do League Three, but, you know, another name to be to extend the football system. All in all, as would be expected, U.S. football is set up to eventually be a promotion and relegation system once they're able to truly build up the infrastructure. I, it sounds like that's the plan. It looked like on the USL website themselves, they were saying that at least within those, you know, the championship league one and league two, that you could move up in promotion and relegation at some point in the future between those three leagues. But overall, that is, like I said, as you could be, as you would expect, that's the only one that really would make sense. Or I guess not so much makes sense as much as have a feasibility. The others, it's not very feasible. That is not a precedent in the sport other than football or soccer as it's called here. And would be much harder to implement in basketball or baseball, even though I feel like it would be super interesting. And maybe, you know, it's done at lower levels. You know, there's independent baseball teams and and things like that. Maybe the leagues can get together and, and make their own system to try and try and get some more fanfare and, and things like that. But who knows? Promotion and relegation has worked immensely well in English football for over a century and over 130 years and provides a new dimension to watching sports that you honestly can't find elsewhere. The system is a simple idea that creates so much hope and despair and competition and everything else to make English football more exciting for everyone. It could also make sports in other countries much more exciting, but unfortunately it's highly unlikely that any other major sports take this on, especially in the U S because such a concept, you know, bringing it to life on their playing surface, like I said before, it's just, it's not likely. There's no precedent for it. So as much as we like the system, and hopefully you learned something about the system, it's probably going to stay within the soccer world. And with that, that is all we have for this episode of Sports History 101. This one was a little bit different. So thanks for hanging in there with us. Um, Talking about a system rather than like a league or a team might get a little bit dicey here and there, but still hope you enjoyed it. So until next time, everybody, stay safe and remember that Jesus loves you. Thanks for listening. Check out more content from the Saints Sports Network at saintsportsnetwork.home.blog.